0: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Modern Conservative Podcast with your host, Jonathan Harvey. Um, before let me make some introductions and some uh, let people know what's going on in a few months. What well, about a month and a, about a month actually. Uh, we actually are having an event in on June 18th, and it's honoring our veterans. And uh, we like to get as many butts in a seat as possible. Um I've often said that uh, there seemed to be a shortage of conservatives when we have big events. And uh, and I don't think that's a fault of the Democrats. I think uh, we as a whole need to participate. We need to fight. We need to do what we need to do to uh, bring people to our community. And that's the conservative rim. Um, June 18th, it's called Honoring Our Veterans. Um, it's put on by UCA, Jason Preston, and Group. Um, take a look at it. You can follow me on my Facebook. You can get a link from my Facebook, Modiconsert Podcast, my personal, for those of you who have it. And uh, let's do the damn thing come June 18th. We have great speakers, including myself, not the greatest, but let's do it. Now let's get to business. Today I have two guests on. My name is Jen Olton, and the other guest is Sophie Anderson. Welcome to the show, guys.
1: Thanks for having Hello. us. Thanks for having us.
0: You know, I've met both of you several times at different events, and we all think the same, feel the same. I just sometimes say it a little bit differently. We are in a conundrum right now in this country. Utah is part of the problem in our great state our great country when it comes to our children. Jen, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do.
1: Well, you know, I I grew up in Texas, so I was born with, you know, that freedom loving stuff in my blood. And um, just like Sophie, I absolutely despise corruption and evil wherever it is. So I've kind of dedicated my life to studying religious corruption in uh, doctrine and ordinances, um, political corruption, wherever it is. Um, Anything that is taking us away from our freedoms and our God, I'm going to work to expose it because I I think that's what we need to do to get back on track to what this world was intended to be.
0: Now. Sophie yes tell us a little bit about yourself and then we'll Um, join the conversation
2: so um I am also from Texas wow Uh, yeah yeah it's it's in it's in the blood or something um for a for those of us from Texas but um um my mother is a Cuban refugee and so that has really um, molded my perspective on life, and um, and just really made me feel, um, the, you know, my mom taught me you never you never walk away and let people take over that are that are evil or corrupt. You you stand and you fight and you do all that you can, and at the end of the day, you can. You can feel good about that. And so I think and and I've felt so blessed to meet Jen because she's she's just like that. And so, um, you know, a couple of well, actually, it wasn't a couple of months ago. Um, I think it was about last June. um, uh, You know, this whole scam demic plan demic was they were they were it was full throttle with the abuse on our children and I have four children and Jen has four children. And so, um, I think we were both really experiencing, um, the, the tyranny that was being imposed upon our children. Um, and I am I'm more referring to the medical tyranny, but Mm -hmm. Don, I know you're super involved and a voice for so many, um, with critical race theory and SEL and all that stuff. Um, you know, we wanted to know who was really ushering in this um, leftist Marxist agenda in our public schools. Um, we wanted to know who was doing that. Um, and so did this really in-depth um, in depth, um intense grandma request and grandma stands for government records access management act and so it's public records that's what it is and and through a public records request you can get invoices you can get contracts communications such as texts and emails um can get all kinds of things and jen you interrupt where you need to on this
0: so
1: yeah it's hey, ahead, yeah.
0: jen go ahead well whoever's next go ahead
1: no, I just so, going to say um, that's one of our rights that we have that people sometimes don't realize is we have the right to, to vote, which obviously is a, a First Amendment right. But we have the right to transparency to see what's going you know, on with our public elected officials. That's actually written into our laws and constitution that we have that right. And we were exercising that right. And Sophie got met with quite a bit of. Um, um I don't know hindrance I guess they gave her a $10,000 price tag for the information to find out who is that is standard
0: children. so is, is that-, that standard so is there look, that, now I heard that story before I think when I first met Sophie months back that I, that was explained to me but my question so what makes a grammar request so damn expensive expensive unless they don't want you to have it is that true
2: um so as we understand it, you just plug it into the search, and it comes up. Right? What mm-hmm. you've required. now where they're where they're kind of um, justifying this is because because it's private personal information. Sometimes they're saying that an attorney has to go through it and make sure all of the personal. Um, information is redacted. And, and that's kind of, they were charged, you know, it came with a $10,000 price tag. And, but they were saying, you know, after we pull these records, we have to have our, our records official go through every single page and make sure we're not giving you anything of personal, um, information, which is really interesting to me because these records, that were requested were all things that were, um, that took place in an open meeting in an open meeting. So these are things that are being said, um, to that the public should already be able to hear, but, um, you know, John, it was, it was fascinating. Uh, let me just continue with the story really quick and and then we'll, Tie up the loose ends. So then, Jen and I, we um, we get this ten thousand um, dollar price tag for these records, and we knew that they they had to be crucial to find out who was doing this to our children. Um, and let me just say, I, I, I requested the communications for um, Sydney Dixon. Our, our Utah State School Board of Education superintendent, um, her staff, um, and there, there were some others, but I wasn't quite familiar, and I didn't know if I was completely over target. I was just kind of like, you know what, let's cover everything we can, and something great has got to come back. Well, anyway, Jen and I head over to the Utah State School Board of Education building with um, two $5,000 cashier checks. And, um, we hand them over and I think they were, they were quite shocked, um, that we paid for them and then we waited and what we got back was absolutely, um, electrifying and, and, um, revealing,
1: um, Jen, do you want to go into a little bit of that? Yeah, really quick, because we've got so much to talk about, but there's an access committee that Sophie was able to realize was going on in the background. In other words, it's a it's a group of um, anything but white people who are getting together to make decisions behind the scenes for our children. And we had exposed that through these records, and that's part of the reason why we had to go um, to a, a mediation, is they said, well, no, 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 you guys can't have records to that, we can't, we can't give you anything from that committee, and we ended up winning that, which was great. The other thing that was very interesting that came out of those records that Sophie got was that there were ESSER contract funds. In other words, there was a contract signed through the year, and this is alarming, you got to listen to this, through the year 2023, that they had agreed, our Utah State School Board had agreed with... Governor Cox is, you know, okay on this whole thing, to mask our children, to have vaccine clinics in the schools. I mean, just tons and tons of stay to play, stay to, you know, test to stay, test to play, all the things they did to our athletes. Um, All of this was predetermined in this contract through 2023. And that played a huge role into Sophie and I being able to be um, very... um, in, uh, we had people who were helping on the inside in Salt Lake County that kind of helped Sophie and I navigate the Salt Lake County mask mandate overturning. And one of the problems with that was this funding in this contract that we had access to was um, reneged. They've, they'd signed they would do these things that when their kids weren't masked in the schools, Cox lost some of his funding, or at least was threatened to. And that's why you'll see publications in the national newspapers saying the federal government is going after Cox for not masking the kids. Those were things that we found through these public records requests that Sophie had, um, had asked for. These were huge.
0: So now, why is it in the mainstream public in Utah, we don't hear any of this stuff. Why isn't, you know, guys like Brian Schatz? talking to you two is it because we're all conservatives
1: yes yes brian shot tries to talk to us and and we we ignore brian shot because
0: same here like i'll be honest yes same here because our rule is we know what's going to happen if we have a conversation with this man
1: yes it
0: will be completely 180 degrees different than the actual conversation
2: a hundred percent. And I kind of think, um, I think BS kind of has like, he has a, he has like crushes on us or something.
0: <laughs>
2: he cannot get us like, honest.
0: He's always on my podcast. He's well, I should say he's always on my lives. Cause I'll get an email the next day asking me some stupid question that, uh, he knows the answer to, and, and he really doesn't even care. But back to this topic because this is kind of interesting. So Cox did he lose funding? No. So he so in this
2: ESSER contract which was for 63 million dollars that you talked 63 million dollars to universally mask our children that was the number that was the first contractual agreement universally mask K through K through 12 children. And are, you know what's interesting is Cox okayed it, but it was Sidney Dixon's signature on this contract. Um, and so what happened was when the mass mandate got pulled for Salt Lake County, and they could not impose the mass mandate on um, Salt Lake County uh, school the school district, um, the federal government started reaching out to Cox and saying you didn't honor your contract. Like, you're not masking these children. Um, and so um, it, you, there there are several publications where um, the federal government's just saying we might have to sue Utah because they received the $63 million, but um, they did not forcefully, you know, mask our kids, which they, I mean, they always try to, right? They keep, right. they're still trying to.
0: Right. You know, it- I was just talking to somebody the other day. I don't think we're done with COVID yet. You know, it's an election year. They're going to mm-hmm. bring back the mask mandates. They're going to try every damn thing they can because they need every, every bit of political force that they can get to win an election this year. I mean, so now, Jen, you have stated to me earlier that you, there's a ton of things we need to talk about. So let's get to it. Where you want to go. Okay. (laughs) Because people are listening.
1: All right. Well, you know, let's just keep going with Utah for now because they've, they've got such interesting characters running our government. Um, um, the $10,000 to the state, state school board um, was, her, you know, uh, shocking to get until we asked for information from the Salt Lake County clerk, Sherry Swenson. I asked for three months worth of emails, two different two different requests, three months worth of emails from her about the machines and I was given almost a hundred thousand dollar price tag, which ended up being only two thousand emails. But at the time when I asked for it, I was told I said, "How many emails would I get for that for that price tag?" Which I was told had to be paid up front. It had to be paid in full, and it was no refunds allowed. And I said, "Well, tell me how many emails I'm going to get for that." I mean, so they wrote back and said, well, we don't really know. We didn't even run a report. I'm like, oh, isn't that called extortion? (laughs) Like, like that's extortion. So I went to the state auditor with Sophie. We went to the attorney general's office and they're like, wow, this is concerning, but a hand slap, right? We ended up pushing this thing through the court. We got the the rates reduced to what they should be legally. And it ended up being closer to $4,000. I took it to the state records committee saying, no, no, no. We do a lot of broadcasts. I don't even want to pay $4,000. This should be free because it's for the good of the public as the law dictates, the state mm-hmm. records committee agreed with us that we should get access to all of these records for the $100,000 nightmare. And in turn, Salt Lake County recently turned around and sued me and the state records committee to not to prevent us from getting these records for free and access to them. So we're going on a year now to try to get information about the machines, which is very telling. You know, you have to ask yourself, what are they hiding just like the state school board, what are they hiding? And we know, we know what they're hiding and they know what they're hiding. And they're upset that we know what they're hiding.
0: You know, I've been doing this now for a year and a half. I Look, I'm a rookie at all this stuff. I've learned so much in a year and a half, things that I never thought I ever would want to have learned. But, you know, I'll, look, let's face it. The politicians in this state, the dirtbags for what they are, a lot of them, I should say, they're all in concert together. They're all working together because they're all making a lot of money. And when you mentioned $63 million from the federal government, well, that's money. Where does that money going? And that $63 million, where did it go? What was it supposed to have gone? Was it going to Cox's pockets, his cronies, Board of Education? Where was it supposed to go?
2: Well it was it was supposed to go to keep all our kids safe right
0: so they say yes so he they say spent because. On a lot
1: of sanitizer
0: oh my <laughs> lord you couldn't never mind I almost said something it didn't work <laughs> yeah I, I mean you know look I'm not a big fan of Cox at all <laughs> I'm not even a fan of Cox at all but Deidre? Now, give me your take on the lieutenant governor. I call it the light governor.
1: Jen, oh goodness! We? Can I please can I please do this one? Yes, you start us off on this one. <laughs> <laughs> ah, where do we start with Deidre? I mean, Cox is terrible. He ran his own election. You know, he's he's done whatever. But I mean, I'm telling you, Deidre is is a close second place in there. Um, Sophie and I, um, some some groups have been working on election integrity with us, and mm-hmm. it, they got to the point where they were saying that they were transitioning away from 2020 and getting more into other you know other other projects. Projects. And Sophie and I weren't weren't okay with leaving 2020 behind. We were like, we we need to preserve this data. Um, we we've got to find a way. So we put our heads together. I read the law. Oh my gosh, it was a long long day. I read the law and figured out that if we did a public records request for some of this data, and I'm, I'm getting to the lieutenant governor answer here in a second, that um, we would be able to preserve it because the law states that any public record that is in the process of appeal has to be preserved and that would get us through the 22 months which are which are up in September Sophie and I did this back in December so we have access or at least a a notice of retention to all counties in Utah for the project backup database the cast vote record um, the ballot images and the tabulators all of that by law has to be preserved now whether or not they are doing that is another is another issue so but either way uh, we have our bases covered with that and what happened when I asked for the project backup database and this is where the lieutenant governor gets involved within an hour our favorite reporter mr bs himself you know never trust a reporter with those initials he um he reached out to me and I said, where did you get my contact information? Because the law states that the public records, we have a right to privacy with that. Well, I was able to get text messages, af- not after a long fight, by the way, but text mass- messages between the Luga- lieutenant governor and Brian Schott showing that she had actually given him my information, my public uh, private information within an hour or so of the request. And he was like, I'm not going to tell anybody. Where I got this information from. Um, thanks for the tip. And then Lieutenant Governor is like, "Oh my gosh, I think she got it illegally." How? Here's her quote: "How in the hell did she know what to ask for?" We think they're linked to Mike Lindell. We think they're linked to Tina Peters. I mean, they're in some sort of a militia group. I mean, it was comical. Um, But the scary part of that, and I know Sophie's had some of this as well, but for some reason that database triggered them where I had men in suits on my doorstep. I was followed. We were, Sophie and I were surveilled. Um, I had my neighbors questioned. I had a tracker on my car. My house was bugged. I mean, my computer, oh my gosh, like sometimes it just has a mind of its own. All of a sudden it backs itself up. It's like, it's, it, you know, they're in it. Sometimes our phones are tapped. We know that. And it started immediately at the point in time where the lieutenant, governor got this request from us for this for saving this election data and also at this exact same time again within a week of our request the lieutenant governor had put in an article that she was sending the fbi after somebody who was doing a canvas so we know that's one of her weapons you know just to, to stop election integrity this now same- for
0: those of excuse for those of us who are new at this now what's a canvas
1: Um, Canvas is where they go door to door and see if the votes are matching what the people said. In other words, you know, you know, is your vote really what was counted or not? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Did you really vote for Trump? Why is it telling me you didn't vote for him? How many people are in your home, et cetera, things like that. So she was sending the FBI after this person. The week after is when I have the man on doorsteps and and Sophie and I have these instances going on. Um, The governor then comes out on december 16th again a week later and makes this quote that people who question election integrity are quote playing a very dangerous game now that is a threat i take it as a threat and because of what had happened to me personally it's nothing but a threat especially with the timing of it and at the same time we are hearing firsthand accounts of people saying That Governor Cox had threatened the legislators in a closed door session that if they even said the word or even questioned the election at all, and this is right from when he got in, that he would destroy their careers. So. The, uh Sophie and I look at this and we have evidence of the director of election making the same threats with the Department of Public Safety, Department of Homeland Security, and the FBI. So our top three levels of election officials, we have proof of them making threats to citizens. And we have the evidence in our own life that they are acting upon those threats, all because we are asking for this data and um, trying to preserve it.
0: So now here's the here- But what's the recourse for the people? If the top three cronies are in power and they're threatening the legislators, so what can the people do? How how do we get back at? Look, I'd love it if I can get back at them. I'd love it if we could send them to jail. But how do you do that when, first of all, they are the people of power right now in the state of Utah, I'm number one. But number two, uh, even though the attorney general is elected, Cox still has that influence over.
1: Him. Exactly. Exactly. So Sophie and I did what we had to do um when we care this much about our votes and you know this is a you know our time we, we spend probably 18 hours a day on this stuff it's our gift mm-hmm. to our children it's our gift to our country and our state um we realized that in 2015 there's a threat management unit who goes after people who who now question election integrities 2017 we have the governmental immunity act where you can't sue Um, We have laws that you can't recall a governor Um, 2017 um, Salt Lake County loses access to their sheriffs outside of jails and administrative duties. And so what other recourse did we have except for two things? And we chose to do both of those things. One is to go public with our with the threats and the information. The second one is that we filed a lawsuit together and we took these counties to court to let a judge decide. Now the Lieutenant governor um, intervened. She had told us that um, originally she told all the counties that, it was illegal for them to give us this information. I wrote an appeal back to the counties, to every 29 counties, that showed at least 12, depending on the situation, 12 to 15 points, how in the law it was not illegal. She then responded with a public statement that was four pages long. She called Sophie and I indirectly, but we know because she was quoting from our appeals In this letter that we were self-appointed, unelected, uncertified, untrained individuals who are basically a threat to our republic. Well, we answered her by taking a three three counties to court to get a judicial decision. She then responded by intervening or hijacking the lawsuit and having the attorney general's office come in and file a motion to dismiss. And Sophie and I, this afternoon, spent considerable time with our lawyer um, responding to that motion to dismiss. And I think we have a pretty solid case, even though they've put their best lawyer on it in the attorney general's office. But you're right. It goes back to the point where when they're all together and and their bosses are the very people who are taking them to court and we have no recourse as the public, it's hard, but we're not going to give up.
0: Um, Sophie, what's your take on all of this? And what do you have to add to this?
2: Well, to be honest, out of the two of us, Jen is the brains. Um, and I just, you know, I just hang on to her coattails and, and hope.
0: <laughs> I um,
2: so honestly, um, John, I think and this might be going on a tangent a little bit, but I do think it's important. You know, it's so, it's been so um, uh, like it's broken my heart. You know, we're in Utah; it's the red conservative family value state, right? Or at least it's perceived that way. Perception. And yeah, it's 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 that perception. We have people moving here thinking that's what they're going to get, and in Jenna and I's experiences, um, it's not it's not the. Democrats. It's not the, it's not even the left that we are, that are stonewalling us and threatening us. And, and, you know, it is the people that have the R next to their name that are doing this. And so, um, You know, we had this very interesting situation at the GOP convention where we had a GOP leader come to us and shake his finger in our face and say, stop what you're doing. You're going to ruin the party you're going to create a constitutional crisis, forget about 2020, move on. And I was just like sitting there thinking, wow, we have that much power, like Jen and I, two moms, that's awesome. You know, but this is the type of thing we're seeing. Um, With that being said, you know, uh, you get depressed when you start looking at our state legislature. I mean, you you got rhinos galore, right? But Um, Jen and I, we, we've really gotten to know Phil Lyman and if there is anyone that can bring, like restore Utah to what it is, what it needs to be and what it was, it's Phil Lyman. And so, um, I know he's, he's battling many, many wars right now, but, um, I I think Utahns need to wake up and they need to throw all of their support behind Phil Lyman when he, if you know, we need him as governor.
0: I would, uh, definitely be in that battle. I like (laughs) Phil. Phil's a really good guy. You know, he, uh, say things that he needs to say, and and there's time where he doesn't, he doesn't minimize it for somebody else's ears. Um, you know, I'm kind of curious when you mentioned the GOP leader, um, I know quite a few of them. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, a few of them I'm really close with. And I would probably have a conversation with them because, you know, I'm tired of us. Look, this guys, this is what people don't understand in this state. We always look, we're, none of us are Democrats. We don't care much for liberal policies or Democrat policies for the most. But people don't realize in this state, it's truly ran by Republicans. It's not the Democrats that are causing all the problems that are, we are having. It's not the Democrats that are you know pushing or well, they are pushing the CRT bill, but they don't have the power to get them passed. It's the Republicans that do. And oftentimes when I'm dealing with these guys, they'll talk as if the Democrats are in power. And I'll like, say, you who are you kidding? You have 75, 75 representatives of those 75, 26 of them are Democrats. So 16 of them are Democrats. Exactly. You have 20, you have 29 senators, of that, six of them are Democrats. There's no reason why we can't get and preserve conservative values in our state. And the only what's so tough, only way it is so tough right now. It's because we are dealing with that bunch of rhinos. I'm not talking about one or two. There are a lot of rhinos. And, you know, what we need to do, Jen and Sophie, we need to start cutting down the grass so the snakes will show themselves.
1: We do. And if I could go back to what Sophie was explaining about this GOP chair, um, I, again, I was right there next to her as he's railing on us to stop Doing what we're doing and look forward and not back. But you know, hindsight is 2020. And guess what? Hindsight means you gotta look back. And 2020 is a clear vision. So if we don't know what was broken, how can we stop it going forward? I mean, yes, we have to fix things in the future, but we can't ignore the things that have usurped our rights. He actually went to the trouble of telling us not only that he wanted us to stop doing what we're doing, that we were ineffective. And I thought, you know, every time we do something, whether it was our election events or something, the the lieutenant governor or the governor has a response within 48 hours. I call that pretty darn effective, to be honest with you. This was the same gentleman who said with the um, election integrity report that was soon to be coming out that he was hoping it would be watered down to two to three points. And I said... Why are we watering things down? Like, let's just fix these problems. It's alarming to me that someone like that is in office. In fact, he also went so far as to say, he's like, you know, people, people can say bad things about you. People can. And we were like, we don't care. We don't care one bit. This is a freedom fight. This is not a popularity contest. We do this because we love truth and freedom. We don't care about likes. We don't even care about anything except for results. And the results are what are scaring the people. I've had calls from county commissioners in southern Utah and around saying, hey, you need to tell people to vote for Ricky Hatch. You know, hey, you need to be doing these things. And I'm like, no, I don't. We have enough proof and evidence to let you know that, you know, we feel sorry that you are seeing him as a friend. But the truth is he is part of the problem and we have the proof and we will not change our minds. These same politicians then reached out to other politicians saying, reign these two girls in. They can't be exposing people like this. They can't. Well, you know what? We can. We can and we need to.
0: You know, we don't
1: care what they think about us.
0: Here's the thing. When they're coming at you and you got the governor, Lieutenant governor calling you, or you got this particular G R P having a conversation with you, you are effective. That's why mm-hmm. they're having a conversation with you, because you aren't effective. Now, back to what happened in 2020, you know, the reason why you plan the future, in order to fix the future, you have to remember what happened in the past, because that is the future, the correction okay. of 2020. So when people say, well, you know, it's gone, don't worry about it. No, I'll tell you to, you. I'll tell them to their face, you lost your damn mind. Because if you don't fix what happened in 2020, it's going to happen in 21, 22, 23, 24. And they'll always keep saying, well, that happened last year. Yes. And we're in the same spot a year later. So this is how you fix problems. And for those out there who believe that we are crazy because we believe what we believe, look, these ladies are just like myself. We're about the Constitution and freedom. And you're not going to take away from us for free. We're gonna, when it comes to our children, we're going to fight you, tooth and nail. We're going to fight you, and we don't care who you are. You can't hurt my feelings. I don't care if you call me a name. You can call me Uncle Tom. You can call me whatever you want. Whatever you want. You better not touch my children. Yeah. But and I digress to who anyone. One of you two. No,
1: no I. That's exactly I, right. Oh, we um we actually kind of sorry, Sophie. We no, End uh, up all the names they call us. I mean, they being the short few who are scared to death of being exposed themselves, um, we just turn around and make T-shirts that we sell to get money to dig more dirt on these people. So it's actually Mm. turned into a pretty funny thing. We love going in public and seeing people wear the shirts that are saying, decertify cocks. Or, you know, you know, like my mind right now, vexatious requester. I mean, that's what the legislator (laughs) called us because we asked for too many public records. Um, You know, one of my favorites is this is what happens when you order a governor through the mail. Mm. Um, These are the kind of things that when we see that. Um, we love it because we know the people are supporting this movement. They are begging us to tell what we know and begging us on how they can help. I mean, they're hungry for the truth and we're willing to give up our lives to get it for them. Like other people out there. Sophie.
2: Yeah. I, I, I second that, you know, I, I'm sorry. I just keep on going back to how in the world did Utah end up with this rhino infestation? You know, You look at our uh, I'm I'm sorry, I'm out of my mind about it because it it, they're so clearly compromised and either bought off compromised um, wimps, scared. um, I don't know, but I would, John, if any of your listeners like I would ask your listeners Let's go on this journey of exposing every single rhino in Utah, and after we expose them, let's unseat them, and let's never let this happen again.
0: You know what's unfortunate about owning a podcast? I mean, there it's it's look, it's a great platform. I control the content. I can cl- talk about whatever we want, and we're not censored. But the problem is with my podcast, for example, you know, it's it's in all fifty states, but. I've got to figure out how to get these damn people in Utah to stand up and freaking fight.
2: <laughs>
0: See, and I didn't think about this when I started my podcast almost a year ago. It was just me venting for the most part. But the thing is I've been trying to figure out how do we get people in Utah not to be afraid to be men. It's the men I'm having a problem with. It's the freaking men. Right. Look, I appreciate the mama bears wholeheartedly. I appreciate you, but the men need to step up to the plate and fight for values, integrity, be alphas, enjoy being an alpha, protect your woman, protect your kids, protect your family, protect your country. We've lost that somewhere because everybody's been shamed into thinking it's a bad thing now. To fight for what's right. You're right. You are a white wing conservative. You know, and that's why everybody's afraid of that that accolade. I don't care myself. You can call me whatever you want. Make sure you call me a freedom fighter when you call me everything else. That's go-
1: how we feel. I mean, the names don't hurt one bit. Like it's actually. It just means we're doing our, our job. I, but I swear I I'm with you on the man. Thank goodness. My husband is supportive, you know, a hundred percent for these kinds of things that like he's, he's a rare one. He's fought for freedom himself, been a whistleblower for some very major things in the nation. And, um, We do believe it's the estrogen in the milk or something is going wrong with these men. That Just uh, stop drinking the milk is all I have to say. I don't know where the men went. They don't work out anymore. Their jeans are too tight. Their legs are too skinny. And I'm like, please, man, we need you. We really, really need you.
0: You know, we're a country over 400 million guns. Where are these guys at? At least of all the Second Amendment. Where are you at? you're not standing for anything. I mean, it just drives me freaking nuts because I go to these events and look out there and it's all women. Look, you guys are gorgeous to look at. You really are. But I like to see some men in the audience too. I like to see the other half in the audience. And that's what we I mean like you, the fighting you guys are doing now. There should be volumes of people behind you. When you guys go up to the Capitol, there should be volumes of people with you up at the Capitol. Because when it's two people doing it together, they kind of minimize the risk. But when there's a group of voters with them, it magnifies what you're doing. And that means you've got ears. People are listening to you. And so this is why I like putting people on the platform because Is just trying to do whatever we can to ignite people and people in Utah, they do not get ignited. Mm -hmm. Sophie, Uh,
2: you know, I think, John, my 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 problem is coming from a mother who risked her life to come to this country. and, and she's got that, she's got that Latin spice, like you don't mess with her. And um, so she, as she's looking at what's going on on across the country, she's just baffled every day, like what is going to be the final straw for these people um, to wake up? You know, oh, when Jen and I would see these mothers, you know, Muzzling, there. I mean, there were three-year-olds being muzzled to go to preschool. You, you have to start thinking: what will these people not do if they're told to do it? And and where does the spirit come? I mean, we come from our our our, our state is a pioneer state. I mean, that's one of the the greatest things about it, um, and. Where are the where's the pioneer spirit in forging ahead and not putting up with this tyranny and this garbage? Um, I just don't get it. I, I do. I do really fault um, Spencer Cox for a lot of this, you know, to be the executive of our state and to to just be. Rolling out the red carpet for the the LGBTQ agenda, the you know the Black Lives Matter agenda, everything that he should be joining with the fight, he is actually joining with the other side, fighting against the people of Utah.
0: My thing with Spencer Cox is simply this: um, he is. You guys know he's number eight. He's the eighth most popular governor in the state, of, in the country right now. Of all the governors, he's number 62% of the people voted for him in this poll. I don't know how that, it, they must've went down to the prison and said, hey, look, we'll give you three hots and a cots and some Skittles or something. I don't know, but- I don't know who ever certified that man as being a popular governor because everybody we know, he is not. And at least speaking for myself, I know a lot of people. But uh, we've got to figure this out, ladies. We've got to figure out how to get you guys more support when you're fighting. Um, I've, I've told many organizations, we've got to stop the fighting. We've got to stop the division. Because we're all fighting the same war, but everybody's got a different battle. Everybody's got to learn how to fight this war together with numbers, because numbers is volume. And with volume, they have a tendency to listen. Um, I just don't know what it's really going to take in the state of Utah, because it frustrates the living hell out of me. And I so, mean, go
1: ahead, Jen. Sorry, John. I was going to say, Sophie and I have kind of traveled the state doing speaking mm-hmm. to, not, not a court, assignments when we're asked to speak and stuff. And the thing that alarms me even more than the the small crowds that come to patriotic events is the age group of the people showing mm. up We there. I'm telling you, the 60 and older group is amazing. They are. I mean, they are incredible. We love Amen. them. I have yet to see more than two or three 20-somethings in there. Teenagers, kids, where are the 30 and 40-somethings? It scares me where the direction this country is headed when the upcoming generations are apathetic and absent. And one of the biggest things people can do right now is just get out there, throw yourself in and figure out. Even if you're just in attendance, you will learn as you go. We have a website called tworedpills.org, T-W-O-R-E-D-P-I-L-L-S.org. And on there, we've posted um, a how to save your county document for the nation. It's literally a checklist of things people can do. Some of them are individual. Some of them are with a handful of people. Some of them are things they can organize. Some of them, I mean, it's there's something in there for everyone. These are things Sophie and I have done all of. But um, there are things people can do. But the biggest thing I'm begging for is to wake up these younger generations and get that fire burning within them. Because no matter what, if we don't have that, we will lose in the future. This is just a short-term solution at best if we don't.
0: Sophie, you got about 30 seconds. Anything you want to say?
2: Sorry. Sorry. Um, I just wanted to say we so appreciate people like you, um, people that trailblaze and are waking other people up. It's invaluable. And we we thank you.
0: Well, ladies, I want to appreciate you guys being on the show today. Jen, what was that? That uh, website again?
1: It's two red pills. All words are spelled out. T W O R E D P I L L S dot org. People can also follow us on Two Red Pills channel on Telegram. Uh, we have a lot of things that we need help with doing, and um, there's a lot of information up there. You know, videos, t-shirts, but most important is that county to-do list.
0: Well, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it from two fantastic soldiers in the fight against CRT and other BS in our state. Let me say bullshit in our state. Um, Jen, Sophie, I want to thank you both for being here. We'll see each other along the way over and over again because we're not done. My name is John Harvey, and I'm your host of the Modical Service Podcast. Love you all.